Welcome to this Food Thing podcast. This is the place where we talk about our relationship with food, whether it is friend or foe, easy or less so, and how it affects our behavior. Here's today's episode. Welcome back to this Food Thing podcast. I'm delighted to be here today with Stella Angelica. Hello. Stella is a classically trained singer-songwriter. Her influences range from soul, R&B and hip-hop on through to the London jazz scene. Classical music is the love of Stella's life, but when she began training as an opera singer, she started her battle with eating disorders and depression, which forced her to give up her studies in order to recover. Today, Stella has a new musical identity and uses her experiences as a creative force and to her advantage. Stella, welcome to this Food Thing podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And it's very exciting today because we're in a, a proper studio with the sound engineer, Richard, who won't say anything. <laughs> and I don't have to do anything, so I can't make any technical mistakes, which will be a real a real plus. And me neither. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so, yes, um, let's dive... Yeah, let's just dive straight in, because I've spoken a bit about you in your introduction. Would you say that you your relationship with food is today as, as a friend or it is a foe it's really hard actually like I've been thinking about it I would still say probably foe okay yeah can you elaborate yeah um so I think if you'd asked me that like maybe six months ago I might uh-huh. have said friend okay and I think I'm realizing more and more that actually there's still a lot more work for me to do um to become friends <laughs> is that tied in with you performing again um no no I don't think so I think um I think the thing is like there was a stage in my life where I was really bad um and I think because I'm no longer there I'm much better than where I was um I kind of got to a place where I was like oh I'm fine now yeah and I think for a very long time I thought I was kind of okay Mm-hmm. Um, but actually what was going on was I was just managing a lower level okay. eating disorder. Yeah, I think it, go- I think it goes in, um, it's kind of incremental because you have these phases of feeling or, or your life kind of gets back on track and you think, yeah, I've, I've got this, I've got yeah. this. And then something happens and, and you get knocked off balance and mm. you sort of peel off a layer and um, it's like building building layers of resilience, which mm. you don't know until whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when you were, let's go back to when you were much younger. Yeah. But first of all, were you anorexic? Yeah. And were you bulimic? No, I, I never, I never was able to make myself sick. Okay, that's a good thing. It's probably a good thing. Trust me, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Particularly so, as a singer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no, I wasn't, but I did, I did binge. So it kind of went. Okay. In cycles of, yeah. So what was food like at home? What was food like when you were a kid? What sort of messages did you get? Um, so so I'm Greek Cypriot, so food is a big part of yeah. our culture. Yeah. Um, so, my, you know, like I never kind of got any messaging from my mum to diet or to lose weight or anything like that. Never, never. Um, so there was never that. But I guess food was always in abundance. Okay. And maybe it was a way of, I don't know, not expressing love, but just, you know, it was a big part of our yeah. our time together and our socialising with my immediate family and my extended family as well. Okay. Um, so I wonder whether it was an easy 
thing for me to latch on to. In order, kind of like, as in to separate from your family, to not eat. Well, I'm not sure. No, I mean, maybe, maybe just that it was almost like that. The food would be a thing that I would kind of develop a, an issue with. Okay, okay. Were you picky as a kid? I, I don't think I was. I think I've always been. No, I don't think. I don't think I was picky. I think I was I was actually really free with my food and I never kind of never had any issues. Um so yeah. Take me or go yes, as you get older, mm. what about when you were a teenager? Yeah, so I think I think that's kind of when maybe things started to shift in a way but 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 certainly not towards like anorexia but I remember I, w- I was always really aware of differences so right, like okay. I like you felt different yeah I've mm-hmm. always really been aware of any way in which I'm different okay um and that will do it that will push yeah. you into an eating disorder I fully understand yeah. that yeah and I think I think when I was a teenager I really wanted to be really curvy so like the opposite oh, kind okay. of thing um I wanted to be like you yeah and I was like were you a beanpole? I was, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I would like. I went through. I remember. I went through a phase of like having KFC like twice a day, and my mum was like, "Please don't do that." Um, so, and I was, and I was bigger, but obviously, I, you know, I didn't look like JLo. I, I just looked bigger than I should be, kind of thing. Okay. Um, I don't think I was ever like massive. I think I was maybe ten stone at my heaviest, kind of thing. Okay. But that's probably quite different to. Did, did anything happen when you were a teenager? Yeah, so I I think what I'm what, what I'm realizing now is actually the period that kind of period of time like secondary school was actually really difficult for me. Did you what, get bullied? What, no, no, not bullied. Um there were like Oh, I mean I was I was taken, can I swear? Um, no. Yeah. I can't. We'll just bleep it out. Sure. Yeah. So because I, apparently we're adults, but we're not allowed to swear. <laughs> so which has to go through it and has to bleep it out. You can swear. So, okay, cool. So, um, I mean, people took the <laughs> out of my nose. Oh, right. Yeah. I've had a nose job okay. yeah, since. Um, but that was, I mean, I don't think I would class that as bullying. But again, I was very aware of being... Different. Different or... And not fitting in. Yeah, yeah. Or just, just like being... And very feeling embarrassed of of the way I looked, and then the message is reinforced that you're not good enough as you are, and when it's it's such a tender age, isn't it, when yeah. you're a teenager? Yeah, because you want to belong, and yeah, I think in my mind just feels really like kind of traumatic for me, mm. actually. Yeah. Wait, so because um, I really want to talk to you about creativity and eating mm. disorders mm. and the suppression mm. of artistry and and mm. and what it is to create and particularly what it is to sing mm. were you you were singing then weren't you yeah were you singing were you performing or were you just singing around the house um no i would so i would at every opportunity i would perform like really if i had it my way i would have been doing a lot more performing okay. but okay. my parents were both academic and oh well they're both academics and yeah. were quite kind of keen for me to you know uh-huh. make sure that I put that first get a proper job well to be honest I would I mean I was so I think I was so out of control that they were just like just trying to like just get me to focus on school kind of thing okay um 
But yeah, I think if I had it my way, I probably would be doing a lot more kind of out of school singing stuff. But at every opportunity, I would perform like at school things. And I was part of a gospel choir, um, which I loved. I loved that so much. And then I would just come home from school and just sit at my laptop and just write, just and write endless lyrics, just sing. Yeah, I would just... You, I'm just thinking about Britain's Got Talent and mm. all those shows. Yeah. Did you not try and um, go on? No. No, I didn't. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I did. I mean, I don't know if I just didn't think that that was maybe a possibility for me. Okay, okay. I'm not sure. So, okay, so your secondary school, it's all a bit chaotic. Mm. You then Do you then go to music college to train... To sing. Yeah, so when I, I think at around 16, I started singing lessons with this teacher and like pretty quickly she was like, let's get you onto classical singing, basically. Okay. And I'd never kind of, you know, had any real access to that kind of music, just just hadn't. Um, and I took to it really quickly and I loved it. Right. Um, and so within like a few years, yeah, I kind of had got a place at um, the Royal Northern in Manchester. Uh-huh. And then I think I took... A year out between, yeah, sixth form and so I think I went at age nineteen. Yeah. And were you did, was were you anorexic when you went? No. Okay. So, are you able to tell us what happened? Yeah. So I think, well, I think potentially it kind of like started to seep in just before I went, mm-hmm. and I think, um, I think I in my mind I was like right. I've got I'm I've got to go I'm going to go there I've got to be perfection. Right, yeah. Um and you know like control I think is just such a big part of all of this for me and I think you know mm-hmm. it was I was leaving home mm-hmm. there was so much kind of new for me. Yeah, yeah. And I think very quickly yeah I started to really really control yeah, of course. Intake. And anorexia, not not eating is all about control. Yeah. I know eating disorders are about control. Yeah, yeah, but particularly yeah, yeah. anorexia, it mm. takes real discipline, doesn't mm-hmm. it, to not eat because mm. you're hungry. Yeah, and then you're not hungry, but it's yeah, yeah. it's a full time occupation, mm-hmm. an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you went to college, and then I mean, yes, you went to college, and then did you make it through your first year? I made it through the first year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you get really sick? Um. I mean, did they say, we're going to have to send you home? No, the first year I kind of, I mean, I I don't know that I have a clear concept of how underweight I ever was, to be honest with you, but um, I don't think it, I think in my first year I kind of like got through and then in the kind of summer between my first and second year, well, actually in my first year, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, as well, okay. which just really just made everything a lot worse. Yeah, because my head was just yeah fried. Yeah, mm. and so yeah, that definitely made it all worse. And um, and then in between the the two the, yeah in the summit in between the two years, I split up with my boyfriend who I'd been with for, for such a long time, um, and it was really quite an intense relationship probably too intense for my age like he'd lived basically lived with my family um from when we were like I don't know 16 or something um and I think that was almost like the last thing holding me together the tether Yeah. yeah and I think 
once that relationship ended, I think I really started to tighten a kind of, yeah. Mm. And I think that was probably going back into my second year was when I was at my most extreme and probably my most underweight. How was it for your singing? Bad. Was it? Yeah. I mean, my head wasn't in the game. Like, I just... Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't focus. Could you sing? It, it definitely affected it, I think, towards the end. I think, I mean, I just didn't obviously have the energy. And, and the thing is with classical singing and opera, like it's, yeah. it is so physically demanding. Yeah, it absolutely. really is. Um, it just, yeah, it's so rigorous. And I think, yeah, by, so basically kind of midway through the second year, like I just really started to struggle. Mm-hmm. And then I can't re- exactly remember when, but yeah, it was suggested that I take some time out. Okay, because I used to sing and I was very bulimic for years and years. I just smoked a lot of weed, which didn't help. <laughs> and I completely lost my voice. Right. Completely. Yeah. Disappeared. I couldn't even go, wee. Really? It was always sort of like this, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And um, it's such a stressor on the voice. Oh, it, yeah. And I think if you're controlling, yeah, you, you're eating and you're, you're in a state of constriction, aren't oh, you, all the time. Oh, it's yeah. And then how can you express yourself? No. Because you're tightly holding in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and of course then bulimia just constantly getting rid of stuff um we're going to take a quick break okay hi welcome back to this food thing podcast i'm here with the lovely stella angelica <laughs> and as always what happens on a break is that we start to talk and kind of dig 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 mm-hmm. through the dirt mm-hmm. um and we were talking about so I want to go back because mm-hmm. obviously you left college and yeah. then you, you came home to recover. And oh, no, let's do that and then let's talk about sure. what we were talking about. So did you get admitted to hospital? Did you just go home and get looked after? No, yeah. So I don't think I ever was underweight enough to be admitted. Which in itself is a problem, isn't it? Because I, I always felt like I'd failed. I was so disappointed. I mean, it's it's quite <laughs> possibly the worst messaging yeah. that you can give to an anorexic. Yes, you're just not thin enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you actually think about it, it's 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 unbelievable. <laughs> um, I, I remember one time, you know, and the thing is, though, it, you know, it, it, it was none of the people's fault, you know, that that I went to see. That's just the guidelines. Mm-hmm. It's the guidelines that need to change. Mm-hmm. But yep. I remember I went to this like inpatient facility at okay. one point, yeah. Um, just yeah, to be seen and it was awful it was just it was all it was so horrible Wait, why was it so horrible i mean it's exactly what you imagine it was just p- people that were so you know like skeletal okay um and just how did you feel when you saw them were you shocked or were you envious um, I no it... i wasn't envious okay that's good the thing is with me i feel like throughout i always had like a, a grasp on not wanting to be that. And I, I was very good at like fooling myself that I wasn't that. Okay. I wasn't unwell. Yeah. And I didn't want to be unwell right. in that way. Okay. And yet I still, you know, wanted to be very thin. So, but also th- this was at a slightly later stage. So this was, you know, when I was kind of actively trying to get better. Um, so... Your family must have been yeah. horrified. This big family who love food and celebrate yeah. <laughs> food and Yeah, I mean yeah, they were worried, yeah. 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 Um 
I'm curious, did they help you out? Did they stand back? How did they manage that? Because yeah, it's very difficult. Very, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm so fortunate because my mum's a psychotherapist. So, Is she? Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, I mean, I'm so... I mean, I don't know that I'd be here, honestly, if oh, I didn't wow. have that. Yeah, because, you know, she knew exactly what to do and, you know, got me a therapist and understood it. Okay. You know, I, I just can't imagine how people navigate recovery without people around them that actually know. Yeah, it's really difficult. I just can't, yeah, I'm honest, I feel so fortunate. Yeah. Was that your turning point when you started to see a therapist? Um, no, so I remember there was there was a point that I, I'd decided, because I, for such a long time, you know, like people were telling me like, this, you're not okay. My mum was saying like, you're not okay. And I was absolutely adamant. I'm fine. Mm. You know, I had, I think I had a problem before, but I'm, I'm fine now. It's all un- under control. Mm-hmm. And then I actually, you know, obviously on some level, I knew I wasn't because I remember there was this documentary that Fern Cotton did about anorexia. Mm-hmm. And I'd watched it several times, right. which is obviously saying something. <laughs> And I think I, yeah, I remember watching it and I, and I remember then going to do like my, because I used to do like an online food shop every time I went to uni. Yeah. Went back to uni and just ordering. I just, I basically just lived on tin soup. Um, and that I was used, like my kind of one meal of the day. I used to do a cup of soup with little croutons. Yeah, yeah. great. One dehydrated mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a Saturday, uh, Saturday yeah, special. That was, yeah, that was your yeah, treat. Um... It's not funny. It? No, it, um, is. it is. It is funny. <laughs> but um, and I just and just something just clicked, and I was like, "This isn't okay. Like, I'm not okay. I, it's not okay that I'm eating just just this." Mm-hmm. So, and I just yeah, just something clicked, and I just decided, "I'm not okay. I'm gonna do something about this." And then the next morning, I woke up and I said to my mum, "I think I have a problem." And wow. Yeah. Had you stopped singing? No, so this was still when I was at uni. I think I was just ah, visiting okay. um, my parents. And then, but to be honest, it was at that point that things really started to unravel because then I lost that tight grip. Because I, I was far, I felt, you know, invincible mm. when I was really successfully starving myself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the kind of... That's the danger of it. You feel so powerful. You feel omnipotent, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and then when I started to lose the control, that's when it, you know, like, that's when it gets dangerous, really, because you feel so bad about yourself mm-hmm. when you slip up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, going back to what we were saying, this may have been in the break, actually, but it's when when I started to, you know, put on some weight. Yeah. Seemingly, you know, to the outside world, I would have looked, be- you know, okay, mm-hmm. better, like I was recovering. But actually, mentally, that was when I was at my most vulnerable. And it was kind of at that point where I, you know, when I, when I was not withholding successfully and yeah. bin- uh, binging a lot. So then, so had you binged before? Um, so, so I would, yes, but I would go through like long periods of six, of kind of successfully starving myself. 
Because I've talked a lot about binging on the podcast. Yeah. And I've done some videos as well. We did like a five-minute video with a girl called Grace who does videos for the Instagram page. And it's really difficult to talk about binging because, and I still, you know, I've been recovered for years, but I still, part of me just kind of goes, oh, I didn't do that. Mm. And and she has the same response and I've spoken to other people. It's so kind of... Um, Feral's not the right word, but it, it's completely out of control, oh, isn't it? it? Uh, it's like... It's deeply, deeply shameful. And I think... I, I'm going to sort of say what I think it is, and then you can go, no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but I think it's just... It's like being faced with your darkest self. And it's like pummeling life. It's like you deny life because you don't eat. And then you get it, and you just pummel it into the ground. And... Which I find deeply upsetting. Mm. I did, yeah. I don't know. I, what do you think? For me, so what, the, what I always used to. I mean, it is. You're right. It is just such a frenzy. Like you're just yeah. so out of control. Um, I always used to think of it like, you know, like when vampires smell blood. Okay. And then it's just that, that's it. Like yeah. they're just completely possessed. Yeah. I just yeah. It was like being possessed and just. And, and the, the thing is, it, you are, in a way. Yeah, you're, you're completely you taken over. And it, the, the th- even now, the, th- the thought of it is, like, the, one of the worst things I can think about. Like, it just makes me really terrified. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. And as I was saying, like, it was when the binging really took over that actually... I was at my lowest and like I was saying I was bigger than I was starting to put on weight and so it may have looked like I was getting better I mean technically you know like if we're to go you know like I wasn't so underweight that I would be deemed anorexic yeah but I was at my most vulnerable and it, it was that that kind of period where the the binging was just like almost every day I just felt like I I I couldn't I couldn't take it anymore why didn't you throw up I couldn't oh you couldn't I literally can't can't, I can't you can't yeah that's your savior because you would have really messed up your vocal cords yeah yeah I I I, I 100% if I could have I know I would have because it must have been unbearable to feel full oh my I cannot I cannot (laughs) tell you what a switch it, even now, it's making me panic. Is it making you? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than you know, like most people don't like overeating. No, but for 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 someone with an anorexic mindset, yeah, to consume that amount of food, uh huh. Well, it, it just I wanted to die. I, yeah, I just I wow. couldn't bear it, and and I, and I did that. That was so the the first incidents where I incident where I almost took my life was like after a binge because I was like I cannot I, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this wow. I don't I just can't see a way out of this I can't I'm so out of control I just don't I just didn't know what to do anymore wow so what did happen then um I can't really remember it that clearly but I remember it was I, it was night time oh I don't mean to describe the incident oh. I mean what because that's I think that's really personal I mean you can talk about it if you want to but um what happened for you to get some control back, I mean, it, 
I don't, it, it was a really long process. Like I just, um, I mean, I was, so at that point I was in therapy and I think after that incident, I think that was when she decided that I should go on antidepressants. Ah, so you shared that with her? Yeah, because I was really shaken up. Wow. Um, that's what I mean. Like there was always obviously a part of me that had a will to live. Yes. There must have been. Clearly. I Well, I'm very grateful for that in myself as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then there is a point, as you did when, at college, when you, well, no, when you woke up and went to your mum, I think right. this is going on. I can remember moments when I went, no, 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 this has got to stop now. Right. Because I'm done. I'm so bored. I'm so tired. Yeah. This is this is just not the way I want to yeah, live. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm just existing for years and years. Everyone's thinking, oh, she's fine. She's yeah. got a cleaning job. She's doing really I used to, just to tell you, just to kind of lighten the mood, Yeah, I used to clean a cafe on St Martin's Lane uh-huh. in Soho, uh-huh. or down by Ch- near Charing Cross, and opposite was the old um, ITV Carlton building. Mm-hmm. I kid you not, half past six in the morning, I'd be scrubbing the step, oh, wow. and all the execs would be stepping over me. Mm. I'd be like going, mm, I want to work in television, but I'm just cleaning the step. <gasps> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've never forgotten that. That was quite a good lesson, actually. Um, yes, binging's terrifying and horrifying, and you're very brave to talk about it. So let's move on. Mm-hmm. But maybe what we've said will um, help anyone if they're listening. Mm. And it's very hard to stop, isn't it? So hard. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't really know how I did stop. I mean, it's so there's so much to it, isn't it? It's, mm, you know, mm, mm, mm. it's it's an emotional thing. It's it's a symptom at the end of the day. Yeah. So it wasn't. I guess it was just through looking at what was going on. If you were to um, describe your eating disorder, mm. sometimes I ask this question, I think mm. you'll like it because you're an artist. If you were to describe it as a character, mm. I know you've done The Vampire, uh-huh. but how would you describe it? What does it look like? Oh, it's just so... just completely like a black hole, like black, and it just hatred. Wow. Just pure hatred for myself. Wow. Just very destructive. Do you get rid of it by singing? Um, That's a bit of a cliche question, but does it ease it? Because I, I know your lyrics and you write a lot of stuff about what it is to be human. Mm. I don't know. I mean, definitely like my music has been... Um, a real source of purpose for me. Um, yeah. Because do you know what I'm struck by? I'm struck by the fact that if, you, if you're if you singing, mm. you have to open yourself up completely. Mm. Yeah. And it is controlled. But also it isn't, is it? Mm-hmm. Because you have to open your mouth. And yeah. Your whole body's involved. Yeah. So short, that, yes, as you've just said, that must have saved you on so many levels. Yeah, I think definitely like that, that kind of, that, period where I moved home and like I yeah I took that time to recover and then I kind of fell into what I'm doing now it there was a real it, it was kind of my savior in a way because it, it like especially having been through well, I was still going through it but I felt so compelled to express and explore that through my music and yeah just 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 talk about it for other people because 
like I was saying, if you don't have people around you that understand, mm-hmm. if you feel alone in it, mm-hmm. it, it is, I just don't, I, 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 I can't imagine how you get through it. And so I just felt so compelled to, through my music, kind of look at it, express it, talk about it. Um, yeah, share, just share my own experience, just purely so that someone else can think, okay, it's not just me. You know, like even sometimes yeah. that can just be enough. Yeah, I'm just also thinking about classical music and classically mm-hmm. and singing as a classical singer. Yeah. <laughs> Very articulate. Singing as a classical <laughs> singer. <laughs> What a cracker. I'm also thinking about the amount of control it takes. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it's a relief to not have to have that professional control and that you can be a little bit looser because you're singing jazz and you're singing your own stuff. Yeah. And maybe. you're singing a bit of R&B and, you know, it's just a, all a bit looser yes. and a bit more spontaneous, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. that feel like a relief? Um. I mean that's I, that's definitely something that that's actually something that I've really learned from jazz. Okay. Because you know, like improvising, mm-hmm. um, and and really being in the moment is just so important in jazz. You know, it's it's one yeah. of the, one of the most kind of foundational elements of it, really. And I'm still learning to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, to really just be present and mm-hmm. open and not, you know... Rigid and controlled yeah. and perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yes. Perfect. perfect. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. Welcome back to this Food Thing podcast. I'm here with Stella. And, um, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. We, got to, <laughs> we get to the break and we talk and then I'm like, who am I? Where am I? I don't know what's going on. Let's talk about in this final bit of mm-hmm. your interview. Let's talk about um, how you manage with your recovery today, mm-hmm. and yeah, how it's going because the sort of ascent mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. of your illness. Yeah, because I know you're not fully there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely. What, what are the challenges? Yeah, I think so. Kind of like I mentioned at the beginning, I think for a while I thought I was like kind of okay. Um, but obviously as well, like once once these ideas, once this disorder has got mm-hmm. its way into your brain. It's got, made its neural pathway. Yeah. Yep, backwards yeah. and forwards, backwards and forwards. You know, it's difficult to know what's, you know, quote unquote normal. Yes. Um, and um, I guess what I'm realising is that actually I still... use up a lot of mental energy... Talk me um, through that. Talk me yeah. through. Talk me through the typical thing first thing in the morning, or, or when yeah. it kind of hits. What what happens? Well, this is the thing. It's like it's all. It, I, I think it's all so unconscious that it's almost not. But there are like I just. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think now of an example. But do you have a debate with yourself when you're hungry and when you're not? Do you debate? what you're going to eat. Do you have to have food in the cupboard or not have food in the cupboard? Do you plan your meals so that in the evening you know that you're going to have that particular type of meal? Do you get knocked off balance if it's not there? Is it all that stuff? Yeah, like I'll get like, yeah. Mm. So if, and you know, sometimes it's not even, sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll be fine. Sometimes I'll I'll, I'll eat something and I'll be fine. And then there'll be other times that I will eat something and for some reason, mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel right. 
mm-hmm. and it, that that's quite like an elusive thing mm-hmm. you know like it could just it could even just be it could be as, as simple as like I'm out at a restaurant and I choose to have one thing yeah and then when it arrives I'm like Oh, I should have had that. That's not simple. Restaurant eating is not simple. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, always there's that. Yeah, so then so then in my mind, I'm like, you made the wrong decision. Okay. And then I pay for it. Okay. Yeah, so... So then you can't enjoy what you've ordered. No. Because you're debating. Yeah, the whole time I'm like, you should have had that, you should have had that. Everyone's had in that. there yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So then it's just like, there's a lot of like work internally to just be like it's okay like okay that's fine you know that's we're okay like and I think I just didn't realize I don't know how I didn't realize this that that's not I don't have to do that you know what I mean I could you know there not everyone has has that yeah not everyone goes through life that way yeah and you're allowed to go to a restaurant and maybe pick the wrong dish and that's okay and that's absolutely fine and they just wouldn't have you know such a an onslaught yes um and actually you know if i didn't have that i'd have so much more energy (laughs) (laughs) you will it will happen Um, i promise you it will happen it will yeah so yeah just that's kind of kind of an example yeah but just basically i'm just i'm realizing i guess that I actually have to live within the rules so much more than I kind of realised. Yes, and I think when they have been rigid mm. and you've set them down, mm. it takes a while for them to soften. Yeah. And then they become a bit more like maybe elastic and they yeah. can stretch. And the thing but is, they've been doing a job for you. It's your defence well, system. Well, this is the thing. They've this been in your corner yeah. working for you yeah. and they don't suddenly go, oh, right, you've changed your mind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, this is the thing, like... Th- Eating disorders are a defense mechanism, mm. really. So, mm. I, you know, I, I guess, yeah, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I've, I've clung on to it for this, this time, mm-hmm. and I guess now I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm really ready to, to kind of, really get, get rid of this now. Yeah, I think the thing is. Oh, I'm gonna. This is if it's, sometimes it's really hard to really. It's impossible. Yeah, but say it. Whatever you're gonna okay, say, so, just say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how can I describe this? So, I think. Oh no, I've really lost it. Have you? I okay. Well, let me talk a bit then, because um, I was thinking <laughs> about. I had a therapist once who used who taught me about my defense system. Mm. And he used this great phrase that was that your defences are in the always in go will go to the last redoubt, mm. you know that last point on mm. the battlefield mm. to look after you. And it took me a long time to understand that. And when I was also when you were talking, I was going to ask you the question, but it's a very personal question, mm. and you've already answered it actually about do you know what you were defending yourself against? Mm. And I'm imagining you were defending yourself against just not fitting in. Mm-hmm. and just not feeling good enough and because that's very consistent so I was I was defending myself against being um, just really disappointed at who I was oh, you know that is that is so awful I know yeah and it, and it you, you just have to sort of you know wrestle with it mm. like a yeah. big 
fish, yeah, 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 crocodile, like <laughs> wrestle with it, like Ahab. Um, so, th- but th- that's fundamental stuff, isn't it? Um, hence, it's very difficult to talk about. And uh, I, I, I remember sitting in therapy sessions, and just my mind would go off, and I, I would just, lo- I would just leave my body. I wouldn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. A- my point is, it took ages mm. to break it down, and you yeah. have to go softly, softly, gently. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing is, it's it's really clever. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Th- I think the thing with eating disorders, they're they're really like it, it, it would amaze me sometimes how I would think I was doing one thing. Okay. You know, I would think, oh no, this is this is this is me in recovery. You know, this is uh-huh. me in control of it. This is me doing the right thing. Yeah. And then I would realize, no, no, it's not. That's you just still obeying the rules. I guess this is kind of like what has been happening for these kind of past. I don't know. 10 years or whatever I've been feeling like I'm coping or getting better or you know feeling more in control mm-hmm. but actually I'm just still just managing my eating disorder I'm still just governed by the eating disorder do you see what I mean but you're probably further on than you realize much much further on of course and like you know I, I'm functioning that's the thing you're I'm, performing yeah I'm I'm I am aren't I'm, you yeah which is really yeah. pressurised yeah however much you love it yeah you're having to turn up and, yeah and perform yeah 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 and I, I think I think that things happen when we can deal with them yeah we well, don't know when we're well enough to deal with them well that's like it like we said earlier yeah that's it and I think for whatever reason very recently I've decided okay I'm I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm ready to go to the next stage you're really brave because you wrote to me didn't you you wrote yeah. a comment about the podcast. Yeah. Well, I loved it. I lo- honestly like I guess in the same way that like, you know, for my for me my music like I want I you know, I wanted to put something out there that was honest. Yeah. Because, you know, just hearing people talk about things that you might be going through just for me when I've found something that I'm like, "Oh, I that's I really relate to that." Yeah. I cannot tell you how much it saves me. It, you wow. know, there are moments when it's really saved me, and and your podcast did that for me. Wow! Yeah, that's amazing. That's I found amazing. such solace in it because just to feel like, okay, no, this is not. This is actually like a thing that you're going through. This is a thing that's happening to you. This yeah. isn't just you being completely useless and, and defective. Was, you know. Well, thank you very much for your kind words. It makes it all worthwhile. Also, I don't think people talk about it in the sort of nitty gritty ways no. that I have been able to talk to people about. And it's also been very healing for me. Mm. Um, that's amazing. So now I've completely lost what I was going to say. <laughs> now we're going to sing a song. <laughs> um, so do you describe yourself as still being in recovery? I think I would now, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I th- and I does really that feel? How does that feel? Embarrassing, does it? Yeah. Do you not feel a bit? Oh, that's quite good actually. You don't get any of that. I, I mean, I definitely do. Like, like you kind of let yourself off the hook because you're like, yeah, I am still in recovery. Oh, I see. Um, I guess, I guess I feel my tendency is to be like, well, why haven't you recovered yet? Okay, okay. I'm just really hard on myself. Yeah, clearly. Um, but 
you know, like like we like we said, obviously I wasn't able to just let let that last bit go, you know, and there are just different kind of stages and sure. And now I've kind of decided, no, I'm really gonna I really want to work through this. Before we wrap up, mm-hmm. I'm just going to um check the time very professionally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah. What do you think about eating disorders and performing? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Have you thought about it? Particularly with singing mm-hmm. and vocalising. Have you thought about it? I'm fascinated by it. Do you know, it's not something that I've actually given that much thought to. Because it seems like a contradiction. Yeah. I think the thing is, with being a performer you can it is performative right do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there are you can there is a big difference between going out there and really being vulnerable and open mm-hmm. and p- p- putting on a facade yeah um and i think that's something that is possible because in a way like with any kind of um mental health issue when you're going through the world you are putting on a facade yeah of if course. you're if you're you know if you're if you're if you're out there and you're functioning you are to a certain extent having to slightly adapt so that you know you're not just like a black hole for everyone yeah um but to really be out there and be vulnerable i think you know i, I it's my belief that until i really shed this I I won't be able to just be completely free in my kind of creativity and my. I think that's true. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it's such a, a subtle thing. That's very true. Yeah, you can go a long way. Yeah, but that little sweet spot. Yeah, and only you will know. Absolutely, only yeah. I really think that's true. And mm. obviously, there are moments. I'm mm-hmm. sure there are moments when I've been, you know, more kind of open um, and vulnerable, but it's fleeting because the tendency is to just okay now and and now kind of retreat and just get into your your pretend mode yeah you know what yeah, i mean your perfect pretend mode yeah um so do you have i'm going to ask you do you, did you ever binge after performing after singing um no i mean when i was so kind of by the time i was back working i was kind of out of binging okay, really. okay. yeah okay um, well, I came to see you, yeah. didn't I? Yes. And everybody, she's amazing. <laughs> so if, and I know, are you on tour at the moment? No, 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 no. Have you got any gigs coming up? I don't actually. I'm So I'm kind of, at the moment, I'm focusing on getting some new music out. Okay. So, um, yeah, hopefully that will be coming out over the next few months. And okay. then, yeah, I'd like to kind of... Well, I'm a big fan. And so if you can listen to... Stella, then do. And we'll have all your information on our Instagram page Mm -hmm. and and website. Great. Lovethisfoodthing.com, I have to say that. Um, My final question is the the most difficult question. (laughs) Well, what five foods would you take to an island? (laughs) This was actually really hard. Yeah, it flummoxes everybody. (laughs) Do you know what? I feel like if you'd asked what one food would you take, that would have been easier. Okay. So, okay, so I thought definitely pasta. Okay. Because I'm j- I just I would eat pasta every day. Uh-huh. That would have been my one food. Uh-huh. Um and then I thought coffee. Mhm. 
um because i just can't do without coffee um what else dried mango dried mango i love dried mango okay yeah love it okay um that's a bit of a like safe food for me. That's okay. Do you have those? It's like, your it's your island. Your safe foods. Yeah, of course. Yes. Lists yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, 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 of sure, course. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's like yeah, that's a bit of a safe food for me. Um, then I thought I would take that. So there's like this lent like the, this Cypriot lentil dish that my mum makes that I just love. Okay, you're gonna take a whole dish. That's yeah. allowed. Yeah. Am I allowed to do that? Yes, yeah. I've allowed you. Um, and then. Maybe some bread. Mm. Can I take some butter with my bread? Yes, you can. Because <laughs> you're such a good singer. You can take butter Thank with your bread. You. And actually, we're going to play your track, Take Me Home, Yeah. as our outro. Thank you. We're going to keep it running and running on a loop. <laughs> on just, it's going to go for days. Here it is. Thank you, Stella. Thank you, Gemma. Take me home So I'm not alone When my mind is gone Take me home When I need release When I'm scared to breathe I want to stay 